In this episode, we had the honor of having on our very first Can't Not See It guest. This was a super great show on quite a controversial topic in the truth-seeking community. And our guest, who you will meet here shortly, brings the heat. So without further ado, kick back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Can't Not See It podcast, where we examine the world through biblical lenses and curious frames. Deceptions all around, but when your eyes are open, you can't not see it. You can't not see it. Welcome to uh, episode seven. seven, all right, of the Cannot See a Podcast, where we look at the world through biblical lenses with curious frames. Yep. Um, Ephesians 5.11 tells us uh, to have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what we aim to do here. Um, darkness is all around, but when you have eyes that are open, you can't not see it. So, hey, thank you everyone for joining us. I'm pretty excited for this episode. This is going to be... A fun one. Um, and if you're new to the show, we'll buckle up. It'll be it'll be something special. Um, <laughs> I'd love to introduce my host, co-host, my firstborn Broson, Isaiah. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Hey, How we doing tonight? So good. Doing good? Good to hear. Um, we're going to get into a topic that is um, somewhat controversial, not in my mind. It's kind of like set in stone for me, but... And I think Isaiah as well, right, buddy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and we have a, a super special guest. But before I introduce him, I just want to throw some ground rules. Not rules. We're not, like, we're legalists. But, um, and, and it's just this. Um, can everyone agree? Everyone that's listening, agree with me on these things, right? Jesus said, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. Amen. Um, and for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 yes, 9. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Um, and then for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's 2 Peter 1.21. And lastly, God who cannot lie. That is Titus 1.2. So can we agree that Jesus is the truth? Can we agree that he is our source of life and our only way to the Father? Salvation is a gift received by faith and all scriptures inspired by God, not of man. And God cannot lie. Um, if we can agree on all those things, therefore, the Bible is our authoritative source for truth, and we can take it literally, obviously, where it is meant to be literal. Um, and if it is, and we can, 
Let us remember what it says in Proverbs. He who answers the matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. So as we discuss this topic, don't be quick to judge or quick to come to a conclusion. Um, I think uh, uh, in, in ignorance is contempt before investigation, right? We talked about this before. Um, and Aristotle once said, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So as we dig into the subject matter, please suspend your own disbelief um, until you've heard the matter out. Okay. Yeah. Without further ado, yeah. let us invite our guest, Mr. Josh Monday from the Josh Monday Christian Conspiracy Podcast. Josh, welcome aboard, man. We love having you here. It's so great to have you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and it was so it was so great to have you guys on my show too. What a blessing it is to see a father and son combination. Both going through the word, both believing the word, both uh, knowing all the scriptures that you need to know right there. You just put out that was perfect, uh, perfect lineup. Uh, I have a few scriptures, too, I like to go over. Um, so faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's something we need to know. Uh, Romans 10, 17. So when faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have you not heard? Yes, verily there went uh, went into the, all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Um, what kind of faith is produced if you hear the word of God, yet you do not believe it? We yeah. need to understand that. Um, also, it is, um, it's uh, another one is Romans 14. It says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin. That's another one we should know. All right. And uh, it's the devil's job to take away our faith because he knows we're saved, like you said, by grace through faith. Right, guys? So we need yes, to understand sir. that. You already went over the all scriptures inspired by God, which is which is definitely important. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.20 is another one. Listen, O Timothy, keep which is uh, committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Uh, so there will be science that's going to test your faith. Now, it's up to you to believe God because we let God be true and every man a liar, or you can let man be true. And just like you said, God cannot lie. So if all the scriptures are inspired by God, then understand that God's not going to inspire the authors to lie. And uh, right. I think it's very important for, especially when we go over Genesis, right? When we go over Genesis, because it's going to be a firsthand account from the Most High, right? Yep, so that's, that's right. what we need to understand. Uh, and also... Something we need to understand is um, when God talks about Moses in Numbers 12, verses 4 through 8, he, see, he comes to Aaron and Miriam and Moses, and he's speaking to Aaron and Miriam and telling them, when I come to prophets, I come to prophets in visions, I come to prophets in dreams, but when I come to Moses, I speak to him face to face. In the mm -hmm. King James, it says he speaks to him mouth to mouth. To me, I would trust anybody that got to speak to God face to face or mouth to mouth over anybody that's lived on this earth for 50 years, 60 years, whatever these scientists, are, you know, these falsely so-called pseudoscientists actually have been on the earth for. Yeah, so that's, right. that's why we need to put so much emphasis on the scriptures. Also, Jesus says, and uh, I think it's uh, John 5.45, that if you don't believe the words of Moses, how are you going to believe my words? What he's saying is you can't even believe the Torah Mm -hmm. You're not how are you supposed to believe my words. So when when if you can't even like God, you know the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning is what God says. If you don't even understand the beginning or you you, you don't can't even learn that, it's going to be very tough for you to 
to accept other stuff in the Bible, like Elijah resurrecting a, a kid from the dead, Jonah being in a well for three days, uh, you know, God, Jesus rising from the dead after three days, all these miracles that you got to accept. How are you going to accept all those when you can't even accept cosmology? Right? right. So it that's gets right. interesting. So, yeah, that's kind of some of the stuff I like to go over before we start. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys want to ask me some questions, we can go from there and then we can jump back to the scriptures and, and uh, you know, kind of do that. One thing I wanted to kind of say is I loved how you brought up like the faith to believe Jonah was in the whale and all this stuff, because that's such a key thing. Like if we can just understand as biblical believing Christians, what we already believe, then, right. then it makes yeah. this topic not very hard to digest. Yeah. Like no. yeah. Know, a flood covered right. the whole world. Yeah. A shepherd boy killed a 12 foot giant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we put I, all the animals on a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. A donkey, a donkey spoke. Yeah, like <laughs> all that stuff. This yes. is cakewalk, you know, compared to some of that stuff. Yep. But yep, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you, Josh, so much. Um, and as Josh alluded to earlier, um, we were guests on his show. In fact, he was probably an inspiration that sparked us to start our show because mm -hmm. he was gracious enough to have us, not knowing really who we were, but was willing to to let us get on there and we had a killer conversation. I still think about that. Was, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That so was, was a, a, such a blessing. Like I said, a father and son combo and uh, being able to, to have you guys on was such a blessing. I, I learned a lot and I had a good time for yeah, sure. Yeah, brother. So, Hey, before we get going, man, can you, um, can you just kind of tell us who you are? Like give us a, just a rundown, a brief testimony, like how you got saved, how you come to know the Lord. Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was 14, my, my parents got a divorce my dad uh, kind of, he used to teach us the Bible, like he would teach us the book of Revelation a lot. He was all into the end times. Uh, he would teach us about Jesus. He would teach us about the Bible. But at the same time, he was like smoking weed and doing drugs, right? So that's kind of a tough foundation to have. So once my parents split, my dad kind of said, hey, this is a bachelor pad. So we kind of, he taught us about conspiracies. He taught us about, uh, you know, the International Monetary Fund, the, the bankers and all this stuff. So we got to learn mm -hmm. kind of both sides of things. And and uh, I lightly kind of like was into the word a little bit here, here and there, but nothing like I am now. But um, I got into drugs and stuff at an early age. I partied a lot. I got into fights, knocking people out, you know, getting in fights all the time, taking out all my aggressions from probably my, my parents getting a divorce and all this other stuff happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, it really took me a while for me to snap into shape. What I did is by the age of 26, I was like, hey, I'm kind of done with the party scene. I need to get my life together. So um, I started thinking about joining the military, right? So I was with my wife and and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm really thinking about joining the military and, uh, you know, just to get my life, you know, and find out what I, what I want to do. So what God did is God was like, all right, I'm going to put you in the military. That way he strips out all the civilian out of you and, and he's going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to build some discipline in you. And then I'm going to lead you to the Bible. And then you're going to be disciplined, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually from, from, I think this military experience and, and also everything I've been through in the past, you know? Um, so that's what happened. I joined the military and, and I, I was going to church when I was in basic training and I was just like, wow. Uh, this this really shows me how much I do need God being in basic training because I feel like I was in hell, you know, basically, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. so uh, so I started getting a little closer to God. And then, uh, you know, I was on and off. And then when I went to Calvary Chapel, uh, Raul Reese out there in uh, Diamond Bar, um, and I, I went there and I literally just said, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm just going to put everything on the altar and give it to God. And, and I just kind of bowed my knee in front of everybody. You know, I felt embarrassed. Obviously, at first, you don't want to do that. 
bow down and kind of just was like praying and, and, uh, you know, you kind of just do like the Lord's prayer. I'm not saying I'm saved by that. I just, it just kind of showed God, Hey, I'm just going to show you that I'm, I'm committed now. So after I did that, I went on deployment and I went on a year deployment with my, without my wife, first time without my wife in a while. I went out to, and, uh, I started performing music uh, on this talent contest. It was I did a song called "Always Got a Gun on Me," and it was basically like a it was Christian, and and all I was talking about is holding my Bible and my rifle. Basically, that's kind of what the song's about. Like like I'm gonna hold the Bible and the rifle at the same time, and people are like some of them were people are offended by it. I'm like that's I'm in the military. I'm in the yeah. army. This is what I do. So yeah. so it was just it was a cool song. But I won the talent co- contest, and when I came back from uh, from that. I started making music, you know, and just and, and taking my rap music from secular level to uh, to doing Christian music. My rap career, I don't want to go all the way back to that, but I did meet Suge Knight before. I rapped ever since I was 14. I used to rap in clubs, freestyle, hot body contests, all that craziness, all dedicated to secular stuff. And then I now fast forward to after I got back from deployment, I had some money. I started recording, uh, you know, uh, Keep Me Away and all these different songs. And uh, God just said, hey, I'll use you for that. But what it was is that music was just a stepping stone into doing what I'm what I'm doing now, which is podcasting. Yeah. I did a, a conspiracy and a Christian song called uh, Signs of Things to Come. And that opened up the door for Christian or, or a conspiracy podcast to invite me on. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was sending it to everybody I could send it to. I just that's just what I did with my music. I'd send it. And then finally, I got a couple bites. And then, you know, they, they listened to the song. They're like, hey, do you want to come on to the show? And that's what I did. And they were telling me the same thing, like with your show that you did with me. They're like, oh, bro, it's like, you know, the show's way up there. It's like number three. Everybody likes the show, you know, similar to the show that me and you did, you know, you guys, Uh, you know. And uh, once I did that, I was like, all right, well, I might as well just start a show. Uh, Legit Bat Podcast, shout out to them. They actually, he told me exactly what I need to do, what I need to get, what equipment I need to get, you know, cheap microphone, didn't matter, you know, and just... Uh, I told my brother, hey, let's go, man. And uh, yeah. that's we started the podcast. And that's where awesome. I am today. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that's really awesome. That's a killer testimony. That's pretty intense, too, that you um, that you were already married before you joined the Army. Yes. And that year deployment was very tough on our relationship, man. I'm telling you, it was very tough, you know, because I, uh, I, I was fooling around so much, you know, before I, I got saved. That like not fooling around like other women. I'm just saying I, used to, I was fooling around so much as far as like still like wanting to party, still wanting to do stuff. Then my wife wanted to get more serious. So by the when I left for deployment, it was her turn to you know have fun, right? So oh, right. it yeah. was a very tough thing for our life, but God brought us back together, stronger. Um, the only thing that we don't have right now is she doesn't believe biblical cosmology, but everything else we're good. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hey, that was one of my questions. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you like so. When you came into biblical cosmology, how did that go? Because, like for me, um, <laughs> my my wife, uh, God bless her, she's just an amazing woman, and she's been supportive the entire time. But like at first, we like, I think maybe I even mentioned on our sh- on the last yeah, show, that, like we were going through can- counseling, and then <laughs> she's like bringing this up, and Andy, yeah, just, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. So. A- <laughs> so I know I feel, not only man. is he crazy like this, but he's also thinks the earth is flat. Yeah, and the, yeah, like, yeah. the pastor's like, the earth is flat. This guy's nuts. You yeah. know, and you're like, oh man, it was uh it was intense. That was, fun. <laughs> that was a fun little ride there for a minute. Um all right. So hey, um speaking biblical cosmology, right? Like um, so how did you first come into biblical cosmology and and what was your first reaction? Okay, so I I got into flat earth like back in like 2016, 17. I, I actually I I just I heard Eric Dubay, but 
I wasn't yeah. convinced, right? I wasn't convinced because I wasn't a hundred percent like uh, uh, I was kind of. I think it was actually earlier than that, maybe 2015, because it was before I deployed. Uh, I, I got into Alex Jones and all this stuff right before right, I deployed, yeah. and I'm like, I hear about start learning about 9/11. I'm about to deploy to uh, Kuwait. I'm like, oh man. <sighs> Anyways, uh, biblical cosmology hit me uh, probably the third episode that we did. What happened was Dave Weiss was coming on the show on the I think it was like the the tenth or fifteenth show. I can't remember. And then, uh, so we want, I wanted to do like a biblical cosmology show before that. So mm. I was like, Hey, let me start studying this. And once I started studying it, I started showing my brother and my brother was like, wow, this is, this is, this is crazy. And the guest I was going to have on, uh, it was, it was the plain truth is what his uh, Instagram was called. The uh, he's the one that brought it up to me. Yeah. And, um, mm. once I got into that, it's like, Everything in the Bible fit like a glove after that. I started understanding why certain things happen, you know, like how the flood happened, uh, how, um, you know, the Tower of Babel, why that would even be important at all. Like, how, why would that even matter in, in our cosmology? And uh, I started just doing like deep dives and digging and digging and digging. And um, finally, I put a, a whole show together, like a whole sermon, like I'm going to try to go over with you guys tonight. Excuse me. And um, I just keep adding to it. Kind of making sure I'm teaching it correctly, going back to the Strong's Concordance, finding different words, studying, you know, some Rob Skiba, studying some pastors, studying this, studying people that are just geocentric, uh, you know, not not even flat earthers, studying people that are just certain, you know, different ways than the, than the current cosmology and finding out if I'm teaching it correctly, you know, I want to teach mm -hmm. it just like God would want me to teach it. And I think the best way to do that is to find out exactly what God wanted to say through the scriptures, right? So then I'm like, okay, let's find out what this word means. See if this word means this. Uh, you know, when the when the sun stopped, could it could it mean the earth in any way? Does is there any word in Hebrew that's close to sun? Nah, dude, not at all. So yeah. stuff like that, and just finding out what words mean, like tabernacles, tent, or this circuit means circle, and and all these different things that I, I kind of go through, and um, I think that's what uh, it just cemented it for me, and I just slowly been. Uh, studying, you know, the different scientists and, and what what's their background is, if they're in the occult and finding out a, a lot of different stuff and and mm -hmm. just uh, connect, making a lot of connections, man. That that as a conspiracy theorist and a Christian, you you start finding out like, hey, dude, it's, it's a spiritual battle, and that's just what life is, man. It's a spiritual yeah. battle, and there's people out there to deceive you. Uh, um, you know, for example, like the NASA, it, it really is, man. If you look it up. Genesis 3.13 is, says that the devil beguiled Eve. If you click on that word beguiled, if, I challenge you guys right now that are listening, go to your uh, Blue Bible app. It's it's a Strong's Concordance and click on the word beguiled and, and tell me what it says. That what it's going to say is NASA, N-A-S-A. It literally says NASA. Now, is that a coincidence? Who knows? But it actually says NASA, right? In Hebrew, the word NASA is, is beguiled, right? So I think that I'm sorry. In English, it's beguiled, but in Hebrew, it's NASA. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, you kind of just you just see that, and then you find out like every single one of the rocket ships is dedicated to a Greek god, or it's to yeah. Thor, or to some type of god, or to Artemis, or to um, some of it is 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 actually like a a a, a minotaur. I can't remember what they're called. It's like half horse and half lake man. I can't remember what that's Sater. called. A a or a centaur, centaur, yeah. something like that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's different ones that are like uh, almost like what happened in Genesis six, where like you, where you, you see like man and beast mixing together, all these different things happening, dude. There, all these rockets it's just, you just find out so much stuff, and you start finding out, you know, uncovering things, and it just, it, it just comes alive for you, man.
Yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. So, hey, uh, Josh, man, if you have something prepared, like a sermon or or kind of kind of a study, man, take it away, brother. I want to hear for for sure, for sure. Um, what I what I like, what I, we kind of already went over is the the whole, um, you know, how reliable is is uh, is is the Book of Genesis? You know, um, I think you know I, I kind of already went over that the fact that Jesus said, if you don't believe the words of Moses, how are you going to believe my words? So, um, you know, once we we get into the scriptures, you guys just need to understand that this is this is serious stuff. You know, this is not something to play with. Um, when you're reading scripture, like we we kind of already talked about, um, you know, as Christians, we we need to make sure we filter. Uh, science through the Bible, right, and 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 not filter the Bible through science because uh, God is not going to compromise for man. He's not going to tell them, you know, what what he's not going to tell them what they need to hear. He's going to tell them what it is. Um, right. If somebody believed the flat Earth with the firmament and all the stuff that we're going to go over back then, God doesn't need to compromise for man and tell them, hey, this is what it is. God had a blank slate, so we need to understand that. So what I like to always go over first is kind of go over what scientists say, and then mm-hmm. we'll tell you what the Bible says, right? So yeah. scientists says that the Earth's on a 23.4 degree axis, all right, tilted. Um, it's it's spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, and it's rotating and are orbiting the sun, not rotating, I'm sorry, orbiting the sun at 66,600 miles per hour, okay? The fastest bullet travels more than 2,600 feet per second. That's equivalent to 1,800 miles an hour. So basically what they're saying is that we're going 30 times faster than a bullet around the sun orbiting, you know? And that that's crazy numbers. Most people, when I tell them that we're going 66,600 miles an hour, they, they don't even remember that number or being remember even being taught that part. They do remember the 1,000 mile an hour, which... It could maybe be acceptable, you know, if you look up at Polaris and you see it, the, the, the sky spinning, you know, that could maybe be acceptable of that, that, you know, thousand miles an hour, but the orbiting at 66,600 miles an hour going faster than a bullet, 30 times faster than a bullet. I think that's something that's hard for me to comprehend and something that's even more crazy to comprehend is we're actually chasing the sun at 525,000 miles an hour. So yeah. that is speeds that are insane. Uh, to me, uh, we're seeing the same stars in the sky. We're not seeing parallax. We're not seeing the stars going back any like flying past us. They all right. seem like they're pretty much moving above us. Uh, if you go outside and you stand there and you look up at the sky, you know, you're going to feel like you're fixed and immovable. Like the Bible says, uh, my wife has motion sickness, right? So whenever she's like goes into a car and she reads a book, she immediately gets sick, mm. right? Immediately. But she can sit on my lawn all day long and read a book, and she does not get sick. So why does she have motion sickness in a car, but doesn't have motion sickness with the earth moving? Oh, yeah, I think that yeah. a car going 15, 20 miles an hour compared to 66,000 miles an hour or 525,000 miles an hour, I just think that it makes sense, you know? That um, another thing that they say is the moon is orbiting us at 2,200 miles per hour. 2288, right? So that's faster than a bullet as well. So the moon is supposedly orbiting us faster than a bullet. And you go outside once again, and you look at the moon, and it's literally just barely slightly moving, you know, barely moving. So so, that somehow we launched off it and stuck it. (laughs) We landed. Yeah, yeah, first shot, right? (laughs) So think about how crazy these people have to have been. And yeah. by knowing all these numbers yeah. and still going out there, these Freemason, satanic believing, they're not even believing in God of the Bible, they're believing Satan. You're going to go out and and with all these numbers, you know, that that to me is insane. Imagine if you had a space rock 
hit you and you were going faster than a bullet, you know, that's going to go through your, your body and you're going to die instantly. So, and then there's a vacuum of space they're dealing with. It's a lot of stuff, man. It's just, yeah. it's, it's stuff that, um, if you, if you think about once you get exposed to these numbers as adults, logic starts to kick in and then you're just like, you, you, you can't be fooled anymore. You know, once, once you learn the scriptures basically. So uh, another, another thing they said they, what we have is the sun at 93 million miles away, you know, like a cloud can get in front of the sun and um, what happens? It changes the temperature. You know, it's like if it's 93 million miles away and that's one little cloud gets in front of it and changes the temperature by 10 degrees. I don't understand that. It seems like it's more local. Right. And it seems like the sun is moving, not us. Right. Um, another thing we have is uh, the closest star, 4.4 light years away. Now, they tell you it like this because most people don't do the research and check what a light year is. But if you look what a light year is, it's actually 6 trillion miles. So the closest star, it's called Alpha Centauri, is 24 trillion miles away. That, to me, is another thing. I just it, it, I don't I don't believe this type of stuff, man. This is just crazy to me, you know. And people can actually zoom in on a star and it gets bigger. Uh, if it's so far away, how do you take a P900 camera, zoom in on it, and it actually gets bigger? It shouldn't get, get bigger at all. There too, right? You get details in those in those images. Yeah, you're getting details, crazy. and they look. I mean, these they honestly look like they're in water, or they yeah. look like they're they're like you know people talk about frequencies. I don't know. It looks like electrical, uh, almost. electrical yeah. almost, or looks yeah. like it's a, if you took a, a light and you put it in water and and you turn the lights off in the house, the way that it glows and moves. It's yeah. really interesting. You know, it doesn't seem like what they tell us, to be honest. Um, and then the closest galaxy, okay, is 2.5 million light years away. You'd have to take 6.5 trillion and times it by 2.5 million to understand how far away that is. That's crazy. And yeah. then it's obviously expanding as well at 1.3 million miles an hour. So there's all these different things happening at once. And um, as we get into the Bible, we need to understand that if you are a Christian and you want to believe in the heliocentric model, then um, God does have a firmament. You know, we need to understand that. And what would happen if you had the heliocentric model and God put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament, that would place God outside of all these galaxies. So that would place him, you know, I don't know, 2.5 million times 6.5 trillion if he was just outside of our galaxy, for example. And what's happened is it's ever expanding. So God's throne is above the firmament, you know, so what's going to happen is going to push him further and further and further and further and further and further and further away because it's ever expanding. And that's what science is literally doing every time they're teaching you this type of stuff is they're pushing God further and further away. They're not proving that there is a God. The, the fruit of this type of stuff is what? Atheism, right? Yeah. Evolution. Big Bang, heliocentricity, the fruit is atheism. When you mm -hmm. get into biblical cosmology and you learn this, the fruit is a lot of people start believing at least at least in a creator. Not saying that it leads you directly to the Bible, but at least it, it leads you to a creator, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right, because life can't happen, right? Like their whole model is the earth spinning and, and, and through the process of Darwinian evolution, yeah. Right. And and um, random chance mutations, like maybe if there's enough space and enough time that these things can happen. But once you realize that, like Josh says, we're in a firmament, we're in a terrarium. There is yeah. no process of evolution like this has all been designed. It's 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 pretty cut and clear, man. It's good. That's good. It stuff. is. Right. And and that's go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's why I, sometimes like, I get so annoyed when I see like debates online between like you know like ken ham and bill nye they had a, they had a debate and like they're both heliocentric 
people, but Ken Ham's arguing for creationism and Bill Nye is obviously arguing for Darwin evolution, but I'm both like, you guys are both arguing from a foundation of sand. Like, yeah. like it, none of it actually makes sense. Like you can, you can like, I, like while we were talking about earlier, we can twist the word of God to make it try and fit your paradigm that you want it to regardless. But like, there's problems. There's lots of problems and yeah. it doesn't reconcile the whole counsel of the word. So I just, it's I mean, like, a lot of times I'll see those headlines. I'm just like wasting my time <laughs> to even watch this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I listen to some of those, you know, to get like some bullet points. Um, but what happened is they don't mind challenging uh, biology, right? They'll challenge biology. They'll challenge archaeology. Yeah. They'll challenge how, how old the earth is. They'll challenge the Big Bang Theory, but they will not challenge the heliocentric model. So what happens is, like you said, man, there's, there's a scientific trinity, I believe, and, and the scientific trinity is the Big Bang, uh, evolution, and heliocentricity, man. All that stuff is all together. And yeah. one thing we need to understand about Helios, Helios is actually a Greek sun god. And when you look it up, they say it's the most powerful sun god in Greece, right? So what the, what it's saying to you when it says heliocentric is that Helios, the sun god, is in the center of our galaxy. So our solar system, right? Soul. Soul is also a god. Look it up. Soul is a god. S-O-L is another god. Heliocentric. So Helios is actually called a Greek Titan as well. If you find out what a Greek Titan is, when you go back to Genesis 6, it's actually a Nephilim. They said they just jacked it right out of the Bible like all the other cultures do. So Nephilim is actually, you know, and you go into the book of Enoch, you know, I'm not saying that that's canon. I don't know. It's really, right? That's just more of a history thing. But if you look into that, um, it's talking about the Nephilim are actually, you know, their, their spirits are demons, right? So now we're talking about a demonic, heliocentric uh, universe that's sun God-centered. And if you go into the writings of Copernicus, you will also see that uh, he's talking about the sun being enthroned in a temple and everything revolving around it as if it is a god. Yeah. Every single one from Babylon to Egypt to Greek to Rome, they've always had a sun god. Even Indians, the Mayans, uh, China, Japan, all of them have had sun gods. India, everywhere. It's all sun god worship, and it all sprang from Babylon, right? Yep. So anyways, that's Nimrod and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. that's the heliocentric model. Copernicus came out with it. Like I said, look into his writings. That's the first one. Second one is the Big Bang Theory. Um Oh, and also, Copernicus has a Freemason Lodge named after him. It's Copernicus CHP 246. Mm. Look it up. And that's something that you need to understand. He's always with the compass. And every single picture I see him in, he has a compass in his hand. Galileo, Kepler, all of them have the compass in their hand. What is the Freemasons known for? The compass, right? So we got to understand that. Um, and if you have a Freemason Lodge named after you, Galileo, um, Isaac Newton, uh, Kepler, all these people. I don't know about Kepler. I have to check into that. But I know Isaac Newton, Galileo, and Copernicus all have Freemason Lodge named after them. That means that they were probably inducted into the Masons. They're not just going to name it after you just for fun, okay? They, they were pushing the satanic agenda that the Masons are pushing. That's why they have these things named after them because they were they followed suit. Um, George Lamontre is the gentleman that came up with the Belgian cosmologist. He's the one, uh, you know, Catholic priest, uh, Jesuit trained. He's the one that came up with the Big Bang Theory originally. And we need to understand this about the Big Bang Theory. If you are a Christian and you believe in this, know what came first in the Big Bang. 
The first thing that came is the stars. The second thing that came, the stars were 13.6 billion years ago. Second was the sun at 4.6 billion years ago. Next was the earth. Okay. Let's find out if that lines up with the Bible, the way it was created. It doesn't line up. Okay. It doesn't line up. So if you're a big bang person, but you're going to say, no, but I believe the Bible, but I still believe the big bang will understand that that's already off. Okay. So we have that evolution. Um, evolution is another one. That's Charles Darwin. If you look into him, his, his, uh, great grand, or no, I'm sorry. His grandfather is the one that came out with evolution, and his grandfather was a 33 degree Mason. Uh, his uh, son was a preacher, so he didn't come out with the you know evolution. The 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 um, uh, you know he didn't he didn't want to come out with that. But Charles Darwin ended up taking it, running with it, and making a book and 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 going with it. And they teach this stuff. All three of these as if it's scientific fact. Okay, all three of these are are God killers. You know, Big Bang. Uh, evolution and heliocentricity. It's not a, a sun god killer, but it's you know Yahweh and 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 it's it's a Bible. They're trying to be Bible killers and go a hundred percent inverted from what the Bible says. Interesting. Okay. That was the that was the motive of Babel in the first place was to actually go up and kill God. So like, yeah, the guy that the guy that claimed to be the or the, that had others claim that he was a sun deity. His main attempt was to go up and kill God. So That's exactly you, you right. Trace bro. the bread come crumbs of sun worship all the way back. It takes you right to the original plot, which was to kill God. Yes, yes, right. and um. That's exactly true. He wanted to build the tower of Babel and go up and actually kill God with his bow, just you know, yeah. bow and arrow. So, yeah. um, all right. So now let's get into the Bible. Uh, we need to understand that Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days, 40 nights, spoke face to face with God. Okay. It says, that's what God says. He spoke to him face to face. He's on Mount Sinai for 40 days, 40 nights. Uh, he literally spoke to God. Okay. This is amazing stuff. Uh, even when Jesus uh, saw him at the transfiguration, he, 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 he um, recognized Moses. Moses recognized Jesus, right? So we might think that Jesus might have been the one actually on the Mount Sinai talking to him. I don't know. That's just some people speculate it, some people not. But anyways, just know that he spoke to God face to face. So his the stuff that we go over is very interesting stuff, and, and it's, it's going to be Genesis, a firsthand account from the Most High. So we have Genesis 1. Um this is the way I interpret this. Some people interpret it differently, but Genesis 1, uh, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, in the King James, it says heaven and the earth. The word is Shemaim, so I believe it is plural. I think it's heavens. Yeah. And I, what I think it is, is, and when it says the earth, so heavens, uh, there's three heavens uh, biblically. Uh, one of the heavens would be where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The second heaven is is going to be the firmament. Uh, that's in Genesis 1-6. It says God called the firmament heaven. The third heaven will be where God's throne is located. So I believe on day one, God created the heavens, which is where the moon, sun, and the stars are located, and the earth. Now, did he create the earth? No. Did he create the continents? No. I think he created the foundations of the earth. If you go to Isaiah 40, 21, he says, in the beginning, I laid the foundations of the earth. So that's what I believe happened right here. So I think he created the, the heavens, which is the two heavens, not the firmament yet, and the earth, which is the foundations. Because it says the earth was without form and void. So the continents, earth can be land, earth can be dirt. It can be any of those, okay? It doesn't mean earth. So he says the earth was without form and void. So the continents were, were without form and void. So they're not there yet. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. 
That is the abuso or the abyss, right? That's yeah. uh, that's waters already. So you already have waters, and uh, and God moved uh, upon the face of the waters. And then you know, then as you keep going, God created light. Let you know, let there be light. All that stuff happened on day one, um, right? So we have that, and then um, on day two, uh, God created the firmament. Right, so the firmament he separated the waters from the waters, and God called the firmament heaven. Uh, if you go to the CJB, uh, which is the complete Jewish Bible, and they are dedicated to keeping the Hebrew uh, as much as they can, they actually call uh, the firmament dome. Right? Really? They call it dome. Oh yeah, the complete Jewish Bible calls us the firmament dome. If you guys go to the CJB and look that up. Um, and if you're going to see that they have Hebrew, uh, you know, Genesis is in Hebrew, all these Bereshit, uh, all these different things are in Hebrew and they're trying to keep it, uh, they're trying to keep it, uh, you know, as much as they can. So they actually call the firmament dome uh, uh, in the Bible. Uh, I'm sorry, in the King James, they call it the firmament. Um, it's something that I think is very important for us to study, but that's day two. We'll get into it a little bit, a little bit later. I just want to go over the days first. Day three, he created the oceans, the dry land, plants, and vegetation. So we have the heavens, which is the moon, where the moon, sun, and the stars are going to be located. We have uh, God's throne, right? We have water. Uh, we have the firmament, and then we have water above. Uh, and now we have oceans, dry land, which is the continents, plants, and vegetation. So we have all that already. Now, it wasn't until day four that he created the moon, sun, and the stars also. And what he did is he created a greater light to rule the day. Lesser light to rule the night, right? So the greater light to rule the day is the sun. Lesser light to rule the night is the moon. And he placed them in the firmament, okay? Inside the firmament. Yeah. So you have a firmament. You have where the moon, sun, and the stars are going to go. And now you have him placing the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament on day four. Yeah. So that's already challenging science. I mean, just already like crazy already because science is saying that the stars came first, the sun came 4.6 billion years ago, then the earth came 4.5 billion years ago. Now you go into here, day one, day two, day three, day four, day, you know, day five, all the way through. Now, um, I think that's amazing. And I don't, I don't see like the earth rotating, orbiting anything on day three. No, so no, that no. doesn't make sense. Um, so it just, it just, the way that that flows is perfect. Um, also God says the sun Stars are two separate things that challenges science. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the moon is a light, it's not reflecting light off the sun. He says that the that the moon is a light. I think that's really interesting. And um, the part where I talked about the, the earth not orbiting the sun, um, how do we know that? Well, here's some fixed earth verses. Um, any questions on anything I went over so far? I like to always ask that. No, man, that's good. I, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you on everything. It's uh, it, it's excellent. I, lo I love in that last verse in, in Genesis about the sun, moon, and stars, too. Like the stars, like the purpose of them were to, uh, they were for signs and for seasons, right? Like yes. The, the purpose of the sun, moon, um, where they govern the day and the night, but the stars also were for signs and for seasons. It's a clock. Like it's a gigantic clock. It's, it's amazing. Well, it's cool. like one, too. Yeah. <laughs> really does. And it says... Um, to let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. So God made this place special for us. He created the those to give light upon the earth, not to give light upon these other wandering stars or planets or these other galaxies or the, to light up the earth. That's yeah. it makes so much sense. If yeah. you have a firmament and the moon, sun, and the stars are in the firmament and it's lighting up the earth, it's made for the earth. 
Amen. So I think that's really interesting. And yeah, the signs and seasons to buy the day from the night. I love all that stuff, bro. All that also, stuff is also Josh. It's really amazing. cool. Like, cause you mentioned the, the two lights, right? The sun and the moon. Um, yep. I just think like um, one cool point is that, you know, modern science, you know, secular science tells us that the, the sun is like 400 times larger than the moon, but it just so happens to look the same size because it's 400 times farther away from our <laughs> perspective. So it just, yeah. it just perfectly is the same size. Which is, I don't know how they don't think there is a God if that was true, right? I mean, yeah. if you made it exactly the same size for, a, I mean, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And also you can also do the, uh, the temperature test and you can find out yeah. that the moon's light is colder than the, than the moon's shade opposite yeah. with the sun, the sun's light is hotter and then the shade is cooler. So that's another thing you need to know. And, um, I think that's interesting. So, um, so we have that. And then also magnifying glass. If you take a magnifying glass with the moon, I don't know if this is true because I haven't done this one yet, but you take a magnifying glass with the moon, it's supposedly colder, like reflecting the light from the from the moon is, is colder. And if you take a magnifying glass from the sun and you put it on your hand, it's supposed to be hotter, right? It's right. supposed to um, intensify mm. the heat or intensify the coldness. So I have to test this. This is something I heard on, on another show. I'm not going to tell you it's a thousand percent uh in stone, but that's what the, the gentleman said he did, and it, he thought it was true. It, so was, we'll have he to test it. was he able to freeze something? Not freeze, or but just, just measurable. Put, kind of, kind of put it on his hand and feel like it was colder. He felt like it, it was colder. a colder light. So okay. I don't know. We have to test that one. I don't want. I, don't, I never. I haven't even said that one yet. It just came to my mind. I'll have to Anyways, give that one a shot. yeah. So right. all right. So we have. Um, if you're able to freeze something, though, that's a whole different ball game. That would be, be awesome. awesome. I mean, because you can start a fire with the sun. <laughs> yeah, It'd be kind of cool yeah, if you're yeah. like, and look, it's freezing. That'd be awesome. <laughs> just like oh, this stuff, I want to cook this in yeah. cold. Anyways, so uh, we no, have. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's some fixed verses. All right, so Zechariah one eleven it says, and they answered the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord. You got to understand is you know that's that's it's usually uh, capitalized so that the angel of the Lord is is very important in the Old Testament. It says that stood among the myrtle trees and said, we have walked to and fro through the earth, and behold, all the earth sitteth still. And is that rest? Okay, we have that. We have Chronicles, First uh, Chronicles sixteen thirty. He has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Psalms ninety three one. That was fix the earth immovable and firm. Psalms ninety six ten. He has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Um, Psalms one o four five. You who laid the foundations of the earth so it should not be moved forever. Um, Isaiah forty five eighteen. Who made the earth and fashioned it and himself fixed it fast. Right. So. There's a, there's a few more there. I just like, oh, you yeah. know, time for time constraint, just want to show you guys. I mean, there only has to really be one, but there's a bunch of them that are saying that. So right. the earth is fixed and immovable. And that's something that is observable by us. You know, I'm, I'm, you go outside. What do we observe? We, are, we observe the earth to be fixed and immovable. So I think that we need to understand that. Also, there's been scientists um, that have tried to test if the earth was moving. Uh, Mickelson Morley. Uh, the Aries experiment, it's called the Aries failure. Uh, there's like yeah. six different experiments that happened, you know, between like the 1880s and, and 1910. And then uh, what happened is uh, they had to have Albert Einstein come in and try to save the day and come up with special relativity because all these uh, experiments were not working, proving that the Earth was not orbiting the sun. They were yeah. getting the wrong fringe, wrong numbers. And, uh, you know, they were like, hey, we need to have somebody come and save the day. So that's what they had to have, you know. So we have that. And um so, yeah, it's interesting, man. Um, another thing that I think is interesting is the, um, you know, that the moon and the sun are moving um, in, in the in the Bible. And um, 
Let me get to my notes here. Okay, there we go. The sun and mover, the sun and the moon are moving in in the Bible, right? So we have uh, and not the earth. We have uh, Joshua 10, uh, 12. This is the famous one that everyone kind of goes over, but let's check it out. It says, Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said, In the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. Uh, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people have avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and has not gone down about a whole day. If you keep reading, God also says that he never did that again, and he won't ever do that again. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. a special event. So, um, and and it's talking about the sun and moon stopping in two geographical locations. I think that's very important, you know, because um, I think that's, uh, it's pretty obvious. If Joshua is talking to God and God is inspiring Joshua to write this, he is going to have him write exactly what happened. So the sun stood still and the moon stood still. And how do I know this? In the Bible, we need two witnesses, right? So if you go to Habakkuk 3.11, it says, The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows, they went at the shining of thy glittering spirit. So Habakkuk is speaking about Joshua. He's yeah. talking about this event because God said he never had it happen again or before that he never had it happen. So he has to be speaking about that. So uh, Habakkuk is actually, uh, that's the second witness in the Bible to this. Go to the book of Jasher. It's going to talk about the moon and the sun stopping as well. Um, habitation right there is an interesting word too. I think habitation, um, uh, I'd have to look it up. I think, it, I, I believe, um, maybe we should look that up, man. Um, I, I remember there was some notes that I had on habitation, uh, something about it being a tent, but I'd, I'd have to look into it. I don't want to say that unless I look into it. But um, yeah, we have that. We have the sun. Went backwards 10 degrees on the dial. That's another one. It's Isaiah 38, 7, uh, 8. And it says, And this is the sign to you from the Lord, and the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow on the sundial which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Hahaz 10 degrees backwards. So the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial on which it gone down. Now everybody goes, well, gone down. Well, in the Bible, if you look up what gone down means or like what the what the sun is doing, it's like go forth or come forth. That's what it means. It's like go forth, which means it's moving and yeah. then come forth. It means it's come towards you. So that's uh, really interesting stuff. So those are um, two incredible verses. And the funny part is when you like talk to a Christian about those verses, well, it, they, and if they adhere to the to the heliocentric model and you say, OK, so explain to me exactly, especially the one about um, the dial of Ahaz, right, in um, Isaiah 38, like how exactly did the the sun go backwards? Like in your model, that would mean that the earth stops rotating and then actually rotates backwards and then would yeah. have to stop and then start rotating forward again. And because they're just that cognitive dissonance is so strong, they say, well. God can do anything. And, you know, he, he can, he's, I know he's a, he's a miracle worker. He can do anything. And I just asked him, you know, I asked, you know, those Christians at that moment, like, do you think he could just write in the book then what he actually did? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? If he can do everything and you can believe that he can do that, can you just believe him at his word? Yeah. It's just that simple. It's, it's, why it's, would he, it's that simple. why would he ever uh, inspire, you know, I mean, he talks about in the Ten Commandments, thou shall not lie. And then he's going to be a hypocrite and lie. 
Right. No, that's not what's going to happen. You know, he's just going to tell you what happened, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, we have to take it for what it is, you know. And um, another one I think that's really interesting that I think that uh, Christians need to study is Psalms 19, 1, uh, verses 1 through 6, right? I think that's really interesting. And yeah. it's a verse that I like to bring up to people that are denying the firmament as well. If you deny the firmament, you're actually denying God's handiwork. And God's handiwork, if you look up that word, it means achievement. So God's achievement. Um, it's Psalms 19, 1, verses 1 through 6. And this is actually on Warner Von Braun's tombstone. Yeah. A lot of people bring this up, uh, yeah. that it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Look up the word handiwork, and that actually means God's achievement. So when you deny that there is actually a firmament, then you are denying God's handiwork. And I don't think that that's good at all because God is bragging about it to us saying that this is my handiwork, right? So look, it says, day unto day utter a speech. This is the part that no one else really goes into, but this is what's, this is the part that's really interesting to me. It says, day unto day utter a speech and the night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language nor their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices at the strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Uh, if you look up the word going forth, uh, that's that's going forth is, is the same thing as a rising sun. Okay, so it's going forth. Uh, when a sun is, uh, you know, going down, it's like, uh, you know, going forth, it, or I'm sorry, it'd be uh, going forth or coming to is basically what it would say. So anyways, they have that. They also have the word tabernacle. The word tabernacle there, it says, he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Tabernacle means tent. Okay, it means tent. So if you look at the old uh, sacred tents of, uh, you know, the nomads back in the day, it's actually shaped like a dome. So uh, God has a dome or a tabernacle or a tent or a, a firmament, which the sun moves and does a circuit. A circuit, if you look up that word circuit, it actually means circle. So the sun is doing a circle uh, around the earth, and it actually has a tabernacle, which is a tent for it to move in. Yeah. Now that's right there is very interesting. There's so much compacted into that verse. Um, it also talks about it's like rejoice like a strong man to run a race. When you run a race, you start at one point and then you end at the same point. So you know it's going to do that. I'm not saying it makes a perfect circle because I think it does move like in the trop. You know, some people say it moved in the tropic of Cancer. All this other stuff. I don't get into detail. Biblical cosmology to me is just what the scripture says, and I don't guess on the other stuff. Right? Yeah. So. Think about all that, dude. And it also is saying that the sun is bringing the heat. It says nothing is hid from the heat thereof, right? So there's a lot of stuff packed into that verse. It also says his going forth is from the end of heaven. So what are we talking about there? In Genesis 1-6, it says God called the firmament heaven. So the sun goes to the ends of the firmament, right? It goes to it goes to through the um that's the heaven that it's speaking about there. And mm -hmm. I think it's it gets really interesting there, man. Um, I don't know what people do with that verse because I've never challenged a Christian on that verse yet. Uh, I know in my in my debate though, I'm definitely gonna be bringing that up, especially if the person is denying the firmament, because now you got a problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
Also, you have a problem if you try to tell me that the firmament doesn't exist or the firmament's not one of the heavens. Because if you read, even in the, in the debate that I had the other day, the one I had that you guys listened to, mm-hmm. I asked the gentleman if he could read Genesis 1-6 and ask, you know, can you just read it for me? He didn't even want to read it because God called the firmament heaven. So that's one of the heavens. He did not want to admit it because he wanted yeah. to say that. He wanted to say that the blue sky is one heaven, the moon, sun, and the stars is the third he- or second heaven, and the third heaven is where God's throne is located. And he's saying that it's outside of the universe. Now, you guys got to understand that if you have that type of mindset right now that God is outside of the universe, you got to understand some of these verses. Um, one of the verses that I would challenge somebody to listen to would be Isaiah 40, 22, um, because it says that he sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Yeah. How is he sitting upon the circle of the earth? He's sitting upon the circle of the earth because he, there's a firmament attached to it. He's looking at us down on us like grasshoppers. He's above the firmament looking down on us. And that's how he's able to sit on the face of the earth, you know, or, or I'm sorry, to sit on the circle of the earth, yeah. you know? So <clears throat> I just challenge people to, to study that. Um, oh. Any, any, any questions on any of the verses we've gone, gone over so far? No, brother. They're, they're good. You got something Isaiah? I was just going to touch on because you mentioned Psalm 19 one is on uh, Werner von Braun's tombstone. I just for anyone that doesn't know who that guy was. Mm. Um, he was a Nazi scientist during the time of World War II, like in the Nazi Germany and the U.S. under this operation called Operation Paper, Paperclip decided mm-hmm. to bring a bunch of Nazi scientists over to America. One of them, which was Werner, Werner von Braun. And he teamed up with Jack Parsons, right? And yep. created Jack yes. Laboratories, mm-hmm. um, which ended up having- Known occultists. Yep. And known, no, another known, known occultist um, around the same time as Elrond Hubbard. And the there you go, bro. And Walt Disney. And Walt Disney. Throw that out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, 33 Degree Mason. Yeah. Uh, Jack Parsons and, and Elrond Hubbard are, are both doing the, the Babylon Rising, you know, trying to like mm. make the Antichrist come. They're having- yep you know, sexual relations with a woman to try to bring the Antichrist. Like yeah. This type of stuff is opening, they say, portals, you know, for demons to come in. And mm-hmm. and uh, this is all a cult. Okay. Uh, that's why you see it called, you know, the Saturn V. You know, people might think, well, Saturn is just a planet, but Saturn is a god. Exactly. Saturnalia, the Brotherhood of Saturnalia, is a German uh, occult uh, secret society that's very big in Germany. So you think that this guy was not part of Saturnalia, you know, yeah. giving the black cube. I mean, you guys can look up all that stuff. Yeah. So well, um, like consider, considering that he and Jack Parsons had a huge hand in the funding of NASA and the yes. original design of NASA. Like it's a very biblical principle that a, a good tree bears good fruit and a mm-hmm. bad tree bears bad fruit. You don't have bad trees yes. bearing good fruit. So if we already know, we can establish that Werner von Braun was a very wicked, evil person. Mm-hmm. And he teamed up with another very evil, wicked person around the same time as many other evil, wicked people. All of a sudden, they're supposed to bring out like the most amazing, beautiful invention of our time, and that is NASA discovering God's universe creation. No, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how could yeah. some people so wicked create such good fruit if it was good fruit? It's not good fruit. <laughs> it's, it's not, not. good fruit. It's not good fruit. It's lie after lie after lie. And then he, um, then he just mocks it by throwing Psalm 19.1 on his tombstone. Yeah, mocks it. Or maybe, who knows, or, maybe leaves the breadcrumb. Like, hey, dude, I'm going to die. Maybe. 
This is like a breadcrumb. If you continue reading the verse, it's going to tell you that there's a firmament, first of all, right? And yeah. and I, I think that I'm telling you that that verse says a lot, dude. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I think it's it's interesting, man. Um, I wanted, so I wanted to add a little bit, Josh, real quick. If you please don't mind. do, please do. Um, so some people would say, well, yeah, a lot of those things you're reading are metaphors or analogies, and um, so one of the things I like to do is is kind of define what a metaphor and analogy is. Like a metaphor is a thing regarded as representative or symbolic of something else, especially something abstract. We can see a great example of this in John six three thirty five, um, and Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life." He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst, right? We know that, that Jesus wasn't a loaf, but he's literally the bread from heaven, right? He is the bread of life. So that would be a metaphor, mm -hmm. right? But an analogy, which is interesting, is a comparison between two things, typically for the purpose of explanation or clarification. So um, like you said in Isaiah 40, 22, right? He sits enthroned on the circle of the earth, and he's, and its people are like grasshoppers, like that like grasshoppers means that he's seeing us like little tiny bugs underneath where he is and he stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in so we are underneath the canopy or the tent that that he has built for us and that's also confirmed also in psalms 104 too where it says the lord wraps himself as light or in light as with a garment he stretches out the heavens like a tent he so he stretches the heavens out Right. The firmament, yeah. like you're saying, where the stars and the moon are inside, he stretches that out like a tent. Um, and so that word like is a comparative explanation. That's an analogy. He's 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 using that as a picture to give us more detail of what his creation looks like. And another one yes. is um, the earth takes shape, takes shape like clay under a seal. Its fish features stand out like those of a garment. I really like that one because most of the time, like an ancient seal, like on a letter or a scroll, like that, um, that clay would have been put on that scroll, and then that that uh, that seal would be pressed into it. And what's so funny is generally they're circular, and they have raised edges all around, just like the um, just like the uh, the ice wall, right? Um, that uh, encompasses the waters, and then the 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 features of the earth would stick out. I just love that. Um, I just wanted to give a little clarification on like That's, analogies and metaphors and stuff. Yes. Allegory. Like some people will take 30% of the Bible, place it in an allegorical form. And that's like, and, and then it's like, okay, if you want to place Genesis as an allegory, you got to understand about all the stuff that happened in Genesis. You know what I mean? Like right. the creation of man, like, dude, first of yeah. all, Jesus and, and, and first Colossians 15, it says everything was created by him for him and through him. Yeah. So Jesus is so important. The creation is so important because God used the word to create it. He spoke it and it became, this is amazing stuff. Like we should be given all glory to him. This is, we know him by his creation, Romans 120, right? The first marriage happened, the first murder, the, the, the whole reason why we know about sin. Uh, God mentioned the firmament and everything before he even mentioned the Messiah, which is Genesis 3, 15, right? Yeah. Uh, so we need to understand that this is important stuff, dude. This is like, yeah. We wouldn't even have a ground to walk on. We wouldn't have food to eat. We wouldn't have vegetables to eat. We wouldn't have air to breathe. We wouldn't have trees. We wouldn't have any of this stuff until God created it. So this stuff is very important, and it's doctrine. That's why it says to reprove for doctrine, correction. Yeah. This is people talking to me like, oh, this is not doctrine. Like, what? This is like, <laughs> this is so important, dude. Like, uh, you know, you get the 12 tribes of Israel. You got Joseph. You got you got Abraham. You got Moses. You got Noah. You got, dude, you got all this stuff going on, bro, that, that we need to understand. It's very, very important. So one thing that I think separates the cosmology for sure 
is is the is the firmament. So let's go into what that word means. Yeah. Uh, so rakia is is the word, and uh, it says extended surface, and in parentheses it says solid. It says expanse, firmament, and then if you go down below, it says expanse, and in parentheses it says flat as base support. Support for what? Support for the waters above, right? It's not an expanse like space. It's an extended surface, expanse, support. Uh, And then firmament, it says a vault of heaven supporting waters above. And then it says down there, it says considered by Hebrews as solid and supporting the waters above. If you look up the root word, it's raka, and that's actually beaten out. You know, molten, that's why it says it's like molten glass, like God shaped this and created this. That's why it says that, you know, it's the glory of God for the heavens and it's uh, God's handiwork. It's his achievement. It's something that God, you know, if you were God, wouldn't you want man physically to never be able to make it to heaven? So what is he going to do? He's going to put a solid barrier between him and us. Now, when you die, you become spirit. So you're able to go through the firmament and go to heaven or you can go into the the earth. And that's another thing people need to understand that shield is in the earth. So you're going to be able to go, the angels take you immediately. If you look at the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you get taken immediately after you die, you either get taken into the earth or you get taken to heaven, you know, absent mm-hmm. from the body, present with the Lord. Uh, I think that's interesting, but let's get back to the cosmology. It says, um, here's Job 37, 18. It says, hast thou him spread out the sky, which is strong as molten looking glass. So if you look up that word strong, it's strong. Uh, it's, it's solid. Uh, that word spread is actually the, the, the Greek word, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew word raka, which is the, which is the root word for rakia. So that word spread, it says with him, have you spread out the skies that is, uh, to beat, to stamp out, beat out, spread out, stretch. Uh, so he's sp- stretching it out. It's, it's just really interesting, man. Um, beating it out. Right. So, um, I think that's interesting. Also the word strong is strong, sharp, hot, firm, hard. So the sky is hard. It's solid. It's firm. That's yep. opposite of what you've been taught in, in the, your cosmology that you guys believe. Um, so not you guys, but you know, the, some of the people in the audience. So Absolutely. another yep. great uh interpretation the same as, as the one that you talked about as the raised raised edges on the um the stamp that you were talking about um we got proverbs 827 uh through 29 when he established the heavens i wisdom was there when he drew a circle upon the face of the deep when he made firm the skies above that's another solid uh sky remark when the fountains and springs of the deep became fixed and strong, when he set for the sea its boundaries so that the waters would not transgress, the boundaries were set by his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. So the waters or the oceans have boundaries. What are the boundaries? Well, we believe that it's Antarctica, so the waters cannot transgress past Antarctica, so there's boundaries for the water. It talks about the sky being firm. It talks about the fountains of the deep became fixed and strong. The fountains of the deep or the abuso are fixed and strong. If you look at the flood, it talks about the fountains of the great deep being broken, so the waters came up from 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 the fountains of the great deep in the flood. So that's what he's speaking about there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep, deep. 
If you talk about the face, uh, what's every anything? If you look up the definition of face, it's always a, a face of a solid, flat surface. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, when he established the heavens, which is plural, I was there. I think that's interesting. So we have that, and then um, uh, let's see. In the King James, the word "firm" is the same thing. I don't even need to go over that. I told you guys already: strong, hard, solid. Right. So we have that, um, and also firmament connects to the earth. Okay, uh, you could try to tell me about the galaxies and God being outside the firmament being outside the galaxies all day if you want. But uh, here's some interesting stuff. So Joel 2.10, it says, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. So the earth shall quake, and then it talks about the heavens shall tremble. So the heavens and the earth are connected, okay? There's, yeah. um, you know, there's earthquakes happening on the earth, and the heavens also trembled. Why would that even happen? Uh, Revelation, God creates a new heaven, new earth. Why? Why do you need to create a new heaven, a new earth if God is trillions upon trillions of miles away? And, you know, the reason why is because earth and heaven are connected. OK, they're connected by a firmament. That's why God makes a new heaven, new earth. Um, we talked about Isaiah 40, 22 uh, and 20 or 21. We'll, we'll just read the verse out loud. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? So what he's saying there is in the beginning, I laid the foundations of the earth. Something I don't hear pastors ever talk about, right? So we have that. It is he, the most high. Now let's stop right there. The most high. Why is he called the most high? Because he's at the highest part of creation. You have a firmament, you have waters, you have his throne at the highest part of the creation. All right. So we have yeah. that. And he sits upon the circle of the earth and his inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. I think you went over this and yeah. spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Tent can be tabernacle. Tent can be firmament because they're dome shaped, right? So we spread yeah. out the firmament like a tent to dwell in. I think that's interesting. Circle of the earth. If you look up circle, um, it, uh, it says circle, circuit, compass. It also says vault of heavens. I think that's interesting uh, that it says that, um, but circle is definitely not ball. Uh, Isaiah twenty two eighteen it says, I will violently, surely toss thee like a ball. So Isaiah knows the difference between a ball and a circle. He's yeah. not using that language. Um, also, the reason why I know that the, that the firmament connects to the earth is because God in Isaiah 66, 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is my the house that you will build me, and where is the place of my rest? So how is earth his footstool? Because he's standing on top of the firmament, right? Not yeah. literally on the firmament, but his his throne is above the firmament, so he's standing on that, and that's you know it's it's connected to the earth. Mm -hmm. Another verse that'll tell you this exact thing that I'm talking about is Amos nine six and the NASB okay. two thousand twenty. This is what it says. It says, the one who builds his upper chambers in the heavens has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. He who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. So he builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. Go to the strong concordance for vaulted dome. Let's see what that is. Um, it says, band, binding, cords, binds, um, bunch of hyssop, band of men, troops. And then you go to D. Vault of heaven, firmament, 
binding earth to the heavens. So it's connecting earth to the heavens, right? I think that's amazing, dude. It's yeah. binding, it's connecting earth to heaven. That is called the vaulted dome, right? Um, that's not the same word. It's it's a gouda, which which is different than than firmament. But it's saying that it binds earth to the heaven. Um, so I don't know why they use vaulted dome as opposed to uh, using firmament right there. But you know, I think it I think it's the vault of heaven. So firmament, which it says right there in, in the Strong's Concordance, binding earth to heaven. So I believe that that would be the same as using firmament for a vaulted dome. Now. Also, if you look in the King James, it says troop. But if you look up the word troop, it's vault of heaven, firmament, binding earth to the heavens, or cords or binding. So I mm. think it gets really interesting when you read that verse, man. I don't know what people would say to that, you know, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, how are you going to say that he's outside the galaxies if you read that verse? Um, and, uh, okay, so some more stuff that I have about the earth shaking and the heavens trembling. 2 Samuel 22, 8. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. So he was angry and it shook the heavens and it shook the earth. They are connected. Um, so I think that's interesting. Um, and then Operation Fishbowl is another thing that's like a scientific thing that happened. Yeah. Right around the time that NASA was formed and all that. So it's 1962. They're shooting Thor missiles, and it's Operation Fishbowl, which if you look at what a fishbowl is, it's going to be a glass dome with a flat earth, and there's going to be a hole in the top, right? Yeah. Um, it's actually the, the bigger uh, um, mission there was called Dominique Chama. So Operation Dominique Chama. Dominique means belonging to the Lord, and Chama means fixed shell. So they're trying to take a Thor missile and blow a hole in the fixed shell belonging to the Lord. Yeah. How much more uh, hidden messages can you can you think of? And this is in 1962, right after Admiral Byrd went to Antarctica and did his Operation High Jump and Deep Freeze, Operation Deep Freeze. And I believe if he was actually saying in his journal that that men were flying their planes and and just hitting a force field and 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 blowing up. Yeah, I, I think like, maybe they they could be hitting the firmament. That's my personal opinion. I'm not, you know, this is just me speculating. Yeah, um, like thirteen thousand feet or something, not very high, yeah. right? So like the yeah. edge, the edge of that dome. Yeah, running into it. Yeah, yeah. That. So that could have been happening. I think that they try to they try to take people off of the flat Earth and place them onto hollow Earth because if you read his journals, he's a Freemason as well. So guys, I'm not saying you could trust everything he says, but uh, you know his journals are talking about him going into the Earth and meeting ascended masters, which is all New Age bullcrap. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about you know that all of a sudden they have Nazi um, UFOs. That just takes people that are normies and just they won't even listen to it after they hear that. Yeah. But I think it gets really interesting, man. He ended up dying. And then right after that, they actually, his brother, who was a senator, also a Freemason, he started pushing the Antarctic Treaty. He was like, hey, pushing the Antarctic Treaty. Also, when Admiral Byrd came back, he was on national television saying he saw extra land that was big as the United States with extra resources that were actually forest, not ice, past Antarctica. So who yeah. knows what that is? I'm not into the whole uh, extra, extra land, uh, you know. Like, you know, all these different things I see that flat earth is push. I'm not into yeah. the, all that stuff, but I'm just yeah. telling you that's what Admiral Byrd said. And that should uh, really open up people's eyes to maybe something else besides what they tell us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Any questions about anything so far? No, I was going <laughs> to say, uh, where was it? Oh, so we were talking about, um, you know, we're talking about the dome and God being the most high because he is the most high. And it just reminded me of um, Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. Yes. Uh, you know, Lucifer's five I will statements, you know, how um, and it says, 
How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars yep. um, uh, of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the farthest sides of the north. So the, the, the mount of congregation is above the stars. Is that mm. my that's mine. Oh, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Um, so that was like, you know, these are some of the I will statements of, of, of Satan in Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. Um, and and what is, what's super funny is about the moon landings, right? They say that they have gone up and landed on the moon. Um, well, Jesus said in John 3, 13, he says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And so yeah. right there, just that act, of them saying that they landed on the moon was a contradiction to what Jesus said. And so mm -hmm. therefore we can, you know, the motive might be to nullify the words of Jesus and say, yeah, see, he wasn't really always true. We've already like defied words that he spoke. Mm. Um, yeah. I just, three like, Freemasons too. Yeah. That's what three, they three Freemasons that are worshiping the Babylon religion of, 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 uh, you know, so we have yeah. that. And also he says that God's throne is above the stars. So yeah. what are we saying here? Well, we know he's above the stars because he's above the firmament, right? So he is above yep. the stars. And yep. also you have um, uh, another thing you have right there is he said he wants to be like the most high. He said he doesn't say he could be above or, or better than the most high. He just wants to be like the most high. Yep. What is he doing right now? You know, every time you worship Apollo, uh, Helios, every time you worship uh, uh any any type of god, you know, um, Osiris uh, or any Babylonian Nimrod, anything that you're worshiping, you are worshiping a deity that is played by, you know, Baal, uh, you know, the Washington Monuments, a giant phallus, all this stuff. You're mm -hmm. worshiping a deity that's being played by a fallen angel or played by Satan, you know, Zeus, yeah. any of these things, Thor, uh, you know, you're paying homage to these gods that are enemies to the Most High. And right. all you're doing is literally paying homage to Satan, no matter what you guys think, because it's either you worship God or you worship Satan. Even if you are an atheist, you're still worshiping Satan, even though you don't know it. Um, yep. You're exactly yep. where you want him. So how yep. do we know that God's throne is above the firmament? That's something that we need to try to clarify here for the for the audience. Okay. And um, I think a good verse to go into would be uh, Ezekiel 1. Uh, 20, it's 22 through 26. It says, and the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as color of terrible crystal stretched forth over the heads above and under the firmament were their wings straight and one toward the other. Every one had, uh, which covered on the side of every had, uh, every one had two, which covered on that, that side, their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of of the great waters, voice of speech, as the noise of hosts when they stood and they let their wings. And there was a voice from heaven that was over their, oh, sorry, there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads when they stood and had their down their wings. And above the firmament was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above upon it. So you have the firmament. And then you have Ezekiel looking through the firmament and able to see 
a throne, right? So we have God's throne. You have the cherubim underneath the firmament. So I do believe where the moon, sun, and the stars are located is where the, these spiritual battles are happening between angels. Uh, if you go back to the book of Daniel, you talk about him having a 21-day fast. He thinks his prayer is going to be answered in five days, probably, maybe two days, maybe one day. It takes 21 days. The angel comes back and says, I'm sorry, he's probably out of breath. Like I don't know if he breathes yeah. or not, but you know, yeah. he's like... You don't even know what I just went through. I had to call Michael because I was fighting against the Prince of Persia and I had to, yeah. to try to get here. So in between, you know, where the earth is and I think the firmament, I think that there's spiritual battles happening. The Bible speaks a lot about angels being stars, stars mm -hmm. being angels. So I think there's stuff happening where the moon, sun, and the stars are located that we don't get to see or even know about. And I think they're hiding a lot of this from us. But I just think that yeah. verses like that are very, very interesting, man. And, um, you know, it, and, and talking about, uh, and also there's a, a verse, uh, uh, Ezekiel 10.1 is another one where it talks about there being a likeness of a throne above the firmament. So God's throne is above the firmament. Uh, Amos 9.6 confirms that. Isaiah 40.22 confirms that. There's a bunch of different verses that confirm that, man. And I think that's really uh really awesome dude first of all yeah. because he's a lot closer than trillions yeah. upon trillions of miles away Absolutely. another thing that you have to think about is when jesus was baptized you know you hear a voice he said he opened up the heavens and you hear a voice from heaven so you hear god speaking from heaven uh and and peter as well that happened you know when they're on the mountain it says this is my son i am well pleased right so god is a lot closer than we think he's looking at us like grasshoppers if everybody on this earth knew that God was real and God was above the firmament watching us like grasshoppers. It'd be just like your boss walking in the room. You just straighten up and you're, <laughs> you're trying to type or trying to do something. You would yeah. be acting accordingly, yeah. you know? That's right. <laughs> so attention. Uh, I think it gets <laughs> attention or here's a, here's a way to think about it because when I was in the military and if a, if a general came or anything like that, we all get ready. You know, we're all trying to be straight, you know, we're, we're trying to be doing everything we're supposed to be doing. And, we have way higher than a general. We have God, the most high, the almighty watching us every move we make, you know, and we don't even realize it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a way to kind of put it where we need to straighten out me, myself too, man. You know, so I make mistakes sometimes. I think we all need to, you know, we all make mistakes, but um, so we have that. Uh, let's talk about the flood. Uh, I think that's something that's really interesting. Anything that you, you want to question me about on anything I went over so far? Yeah. Well, I was just, when you talked a little bit about, I mean, you went back to worshiping deities, um, you know, through, I don't know exactly, exactly what train you're on, but you're, you're talking about worshiping deities through these different, like, you know, sending the Thor missiles out to break the, uh, to break the sky that was. Oh, Operation Dominic or Fishbowl? Yeah, yeah but you're talking about worshiping deities and that, like how you said that they're always trying to seduce us away from worshiping God. They're trying to take what is God's. Like Satan's trying to play the game, make make himself to be God to us from our perspective. And I think, I don't know, this is a little bit of a tangent. I mean, I'm not going to go far with this, but I think as Christians, as followers okay. of Christ, when it comes to traditions we hold up, mm -hmm. it's really important that we understand what deity exactly we're giving honor to in that. Because you said that it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, sun God worship, like the breadcrumbs are everywhere pointing back to that Babylonian system. And so we, it's really important that we understand the true story. It's really important. Like you said, you're defending this biblical cosmology from scripture so beautifully. Um, and it's so true. Like for anyone that's listening to this podcast, this isn't something we take lightly. Like the reason why Josh, it almost sounds like you haven't memorized, man, is because you care a lot about it. 
because there's a passion that we I need do. to have to know who our creator is because even you know, all, all in the Bible, it talks about there's going to be great deception, strong delusion. There's going to be a great yes. falling away. There's going to be an apostasy. Jesus warns over and over again, do not be deceived. Like see to it that you're not deceived. Like mm-hmm. open your eyes. So it's, and I was just thinking about that. Like church today would benefit <laughs> greatly from paying more attention into the things that we blindly celebrate, blindly believe in blindly say mm-hmm. you know jesus says that um we're gonna judge by the by the the idle words in our mouths so i just i don't know that when you talked about like just and be the different deity de- de- and be not of this world that's another thing jesus says be not of this world mm-hmm. so if if somebody comes at you with a different salvation a different gospel it's demonic if someone comes yeah. to you with a different creation it's also demonic. I yep. think people need to understand that. And uh, they don't, I don't know why, but it's just really a lot, you know, deep, deep uh, ingredient in people, you know. But um, how does the flood work out on this uh, flat earth or this uh, biblical cosmology? So I think uh, the flood is really pretty easy to explain. Um, it, it, there's three events that happen, first of all, which you never hear about. But uh, you have the fountains of the great deep being broken, which is the abyss, right? So we have water being coming up from the bottom. You also have the windows of heaven opened, which is water coming from the firmament down and filling up this enclosure. It talks about that in uh, Enoch 89. That's It's an actual enclosure. So you have windows of heaven opening, and then it also rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, people might talk about a canopy, uh, might talk about whatever. The canopy doesn't work because if the canopy was the firmament, it would have to be outside of all the galaxies if that, that was true. you know. But you know, think about it. He says the windows of heaven were open. And then if you go like to uh, Genesis 8, it says the windows of heaven were closed, right? It says that the rain stopped and also that the fountains of the great deep were closed. So there's three separate events that happen and they three right. separate events that 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 ended right so i think we need to understand that um if it if it had to in, uh, fill up an enclosure if it was a flat earth with a dome and the water filled up past you know mount everest or whatever the highest elevation is mount saint how whatever the heck the, the highest mountain is or maybe just antarctica the water fills up the whole entire earth would be flooded and it helps to have 40 days and 40 nights of rain and it helps to have the the water coming from the firmament down and also helps to have water coming from the great deep to flood the entire earth now if you have a ball uh and you it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and there is no firmament no water above and anything like that it, it sounds pretty you know it god can do anything for sure but mm-hmm. it just doesn't fit like a glove like the like the biblical cosmology does well i always what think, do you guys like- think? Also, like on on the circumference of the earth, you're talking about water that's covering to the highest mountain. That means that it would be it would be equally deep all the way around. Like that is a an like a massive amount of water. Where did yeah. it go? Yeah. <laughs> Where did it all go? You know. Yeah. But in yeah. the flat earth, in, in biblical cosmology, it's real clear. Like he opened the windows of earth, which are or windows of heaven, which are a sleuth. That's what that Hebrew word means, which is sleuth, which is a, yeah. it, it's a gate or um, a, a, a doorway that holds back water, right? Yeah. Pours in. And like you said, it closes. Um, but the water from the deep, like if the water came from the deep, it can also go back. I mean, it's there's yeah. a place for the water to go. <laughs> but yeah. on the ball earth, they're just, it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. Physics, and God right? said he, he sent a great wind too. That's what he said, a great wind. And if you take a fan and you, and you, so, you know, it, it, it makes the, the water evaporate, you know, so I think 
that's interesting and it also does go down but go ahead i'm sorry i say you were gonna say something no no you're good man uh i was just gonna say like basic laws of physics not that i'd take much stock in isaac newton to be quite honest <laughs> i mean they say you invented calculus i think you just discovered it maybe but uh we discovered it, <laughs> discovered it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh or not yeah isaac newton um there's a lot of physics like matter cannot be created or destroyed so you have all this water swell out of this big ball and then so you're just saying that like god's contradicting the systems with which he already dis- already established right yeah. like there's yeah. not going to be new matter created like we don't see any example of that happening in nature at all whatsoever so you're going to tell me that he contradicted the entire thing like, like you read in genesis everything he says is going to reproduce after its kind he has an order and a set order to how this world works and so if he has this, all this stuff he's going to contradict like the very basic system for how the world works to disappear all this water and vanish and i don't know it just make, doesn't make sense, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really like i said it fits like a glove um and also if you want to try to say that there's no waters above the firmament after the flood go to psalms 148 one through four uh mm-hmm. david is, is is saying that praise ye lord praise ye lord from the heavens praise him in the heights praise ye him and all his angels Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, the sun and moon. Praise him, the stars of light. Praise him, ye the heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. So there's still water above the heavens after the flood. And something you guys need to understand about prophets, about Moses, about David, uh, you know, God was coming to these prophets and visions and dreams. So when he comes to Ezekiel, God is making this vision happen. So God is not going to lie about his location. God's not going to lie about his vision. And he's speaking to these prophets to make them trust him, to make him them know that it's the most high speaking to them. So they go and speak, he, they go and they teach the stuff to his people. So yeah. this is serious business here. Uh, all these people are close to God. We have 15 minutes a day to, to spend with God. We have an hour maybe, you know, if you if you're lucky, uh, you know, maybe in the morning, if you wake up early enough, you could spend an hour with God, you know, like I try to do when I work out, uh, you know, so there's just, uh, you know, these guys, that's all they did all day was speak to God that you see I have guys like Enoch that are walking with God getting taken up to heaven without even dying. Elijah is raising people from the dead, obviously through God through his power, but still, he has enough faith to rise, rise someone from the dead. Uh, you have all these people uh, in the Bible doing miracles like Moses splitting the Red Sea. That's God doing it, but Moses having enough faith to do it. Um, the reason why they're able to do this is because they're so close to God. They know 100% that he's that He's real, and their faith is beyond what we can ever comprehend. So this type of stuff is, is coming from people that know God more than any of us do, you know? So yeah. if you if you if somebody knows God or like us face to face, this is serious business, man. Um, so the other verse in Ezekiel that I was going to take is Ezekiel 10. 1. Then I looked and behold in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims there over them as it were a sapphire stone as the appearance and the likeness of a throne. So sapphire stone is another interesting thing. I see that a lot when it comes to God's throne is sapphire. Um, you know, and, um, also when he came down in Exodus, it says that at his feet paved work of sapphire stone, uh, that sapphire could be any color but red, I, I hear. So uh, it could have been green. It could have been the Aurora Lights. It could be any of that stuff. I don't know. Um, uh, but I think that there's also a very interesting thing, too, is um, Ezekiel also talks about this. He says in Ezekiel 8.3, 
He stretched out the form of a hand and he took me by a lock of my hair and the spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which revokes to jealousy. So he's saying that he, and now between the earth and heaven, right? He's not talking about galaxies and all these different things. Between earth and heaven, he's brought up to the north gate. I thought that was pretty interesting. But I think that the comparison there is to understand that that's between earth and heaven because they're connected, right? Um, mm-hmm. And God's throne is above that. Um, so we have that. Uh, I think uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of, of, the, of the sermon here. So we'll just try to bust out some verses real quick. Um, so uh, in Luke 1, 28 through 32, when the angels talk to Mary, he calls God the highest, the highest. So he's at the highest point of creation and he's literally the highest point. Okay. We talked about Operation Fishbowl. So we kind of went over that already. Uh, all those verses were good. Um, we have uh, also when it talks about going up to heaven, Think about that. Enoch went up to heaven. Elijah went up to heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus ascended up to heaven, right? And yeah. he descended down to hell. Uh, where is up at on a spinning ball? Right. We have no idea. Does right. Does Jesus have to wait before he ascends to heaven until he's like going to go up? So once the earth is finishing <laughs> rotating, now we can finally leave? I don't know. Because if you have like, you know, there's going to be an up <laughs> this way and an up you know, and a down this way when you have uh, a flat surface or, you know, there's mountains, but I'm just saying. Yeah, true. Well, true. There's an up and down on the biblical cosmology. Oh, we're cutting out a little bit. Sorry, I think it went from. It's okay. Go ahead, go ahead. We're good? No, I was just going to say, man, I love that point. Like, that was one of the biggest things when I kind of came into biblical cosmology is that, um, you know, with with, uh, Copernican cosmology you get the sense that there is no real up down in out like everything is relative and subjective which is like a a full-on attack on um reality right um and yeah yeah this biblical cosmology you can remember that god is above and hell is below and you don't have to guess where we are or where god is we know we just look up right? Like the Bible tells us, yeah. right? Think on things that are above, right? I, I mean, it's yeah. that simple. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to have this like super incredible imagination to, to, to ponder that God is like this ultra, ultra, you know, other dimensional entity, although maybe he is, <laughs> but he's also above us. Yeah. It's super cool, man. It just, yeah. it brings you home. Like you're saying, yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and, and even uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4, he says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He's caught up into paradise, so up, right? Also, he's he's caught into the third heaven, which is where God's throne is located. Um, and also, he doesn't write a bunch of books in the Bible about all the galaxies and planets he had to dodge to make it there. And he had to go trains upon trains of miles. All he says is, I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Is that what you're going to say? Man, if they see space, you know, they're all like, they love it. Like, oh, space is so amazing. So you think Paul, if he came back from traveling trillions upon trillions of miles, that he's just going to say, I had you know, unspeakable words that men can't utter? No, he's yeah. going to write probably five different more books in the New Testament about how beautiful God's creation is with the space and heliocentric and all this crazy stuff. Nope. 
you know, so, and then uh, I always ask people too, when they try to tell me that God's in another dimension and hell is in another dimension, I always ask them, well, what's the Hebrew word for dimension? Right. And they're just like, freeze, because there is not a Hebrew word for dimension. So, you know, I don't know, you know, just like you said, he could be, could I don't know. I don't know, you know, but it gets interesting. I don't think hell is in another dimension. I think it's in the earth, like the Bible says. Yeah, I, I don't think so, heaven or hell are... We are, went over our thing. Yeah, we're, we're kind of lagging, huh? A little bit? That's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't really think that hell or heaven are other dimensions. I, I think that um, perhaps uh, like demons and spirits are... Yeah. Call it a dimension, yeah. I don't know, or for just beyond the veil or outside of our visual, visual spectrum, maybe. Um, yeah. But definitely... Um, yeah, we don't we don't have to we don't have to think that God is outside of a dimension because He's chasing this Earth that's traveling you know five hundred forty thousand miles an hour chasing <laughs> the sun right like He's He's here and He's above us. Yeah, it's good. Like when you're a child, you have to come to the scriptures like a child, like Jesus says. And when you're a child, you believe that God is up in heaven, and you believe that hell is down in the earth. When you're yes. a child, yes. So sir. that's the way we should be thinking. So. Okay, so another verse that uh, backs us up is every eye will see. Revelation 1, 7, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. You know, so I think that's interesting. Um, also, if you go to Revelation 6, 13, well, first of all, we'll go to that one. Every eye will see. So you could tell me cell phones, satellites, all that. What if you don't have your phone on you? Now, this is literally saying that every eye will see. If you were on a, a, a flat earth with a dome and God opened up, it says that he's going to um, open up the heaven like a scroll, which I believe is the firmament, and, and Jesus is going to come in on a cloud, and every eye will see. It's possible on biblical cosmology. I'm telling you, it fits like a glove. But if you're on a uh, globe, only a fourth of the, you know, planet, you know, whatever is going to see the plan planet, planet. <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, would be able to see. So we have that. And um, so we also have stars falling from heaven. OK, Revelation 6, 13 through 15. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs. And she was shaken, the mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll. Notice it says the heaven departed as a scroll, not the heavens. The heaven is in, you know, what is that? That is the firmament. firmament yeah. Because if you look at Genesis 1, 6, it says God called the firmament heaven and the heaven departed as a scroll. He's going to open up the heaven and it's rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of its places. Um, we need to understand that. We need to understand that stars fall from heaven. That's something that what on the heliocentric model is is crazy because they're all supposed to be supposedly bigger than than all the suns, right? Yeah, so, right. Now the stars, if they're yep. just luminaries and they're inside the firmament, or they're or they're angels, whatever, we're not sure. Uh, they could fall to to earth and it'd be okay, you know. I, yeah. I, it's not there's no problem, dude. But it, it fits like a glove. I'm telling you guys. So we I kind of that. feel like they're angels. In, in a know. sense, right? Because it says in Revelation 12 that like a third of the third of the stars were cast to the earth, right? Yeah. And, and everyone yeah. takes that. They assume that that means Satan's angels, right? That rebelled yeah. with him. And it's like, okay. So there's definitely a connection between stars and angels. What that connection sure. exactly, I don't know, but. There's definitely. A, and, a, and, and everybody knows that Jesus couldn't lie when he was walking the earth, right? So right. Mark right. 13, verses 24 through 25, it says, But in those days after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, 
The stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. So we have the, he's talking about the stars are going to fall from heaven, talking about how the moon is their own light and how the sun will be darkened. So that's Jesus speaking on Mark 13, 24. That is not a vision. That is not a parable. That is him saying what's going to happen in the end times. So he's sure. not going to lie. Right. So, and another, another thing about Jesus that people need to understand is, he was correcting the Pharisees on all the, the the stuff they were doing doctrinally, stuff they were doing wrong. He never corrected them on Hebrew cosmology. He would have probably said that your cosmology is wrong. You know, I think that he would have said it, you know, because he's the one that was there during creation. Yes, I never sir, hear him yeah. saying that. So I think that's interesting. We spoke about the flood. We're done with that. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, if you go to like Daniel talks about like the highest mount tree, like I guess climbing yeah. the highest tree, this is a vision and seeing the ends of the earth. Uh, that is a vision. So I don't put too much on it. Um, so we have that. And, uh, now we'll get, go down to, um, to the end here, dude, this is Rob Skiba's research. Uh, uh, this is some of the stuff that he was kind of talking about and, and also some other people, uh, it's like all, all the sixes that are involved in the, in the, in the heliocentric model. I think we need to touch on that. First, we'll go with second. Thessalonians 2.11, before we get into this, it says, And for this God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So this is really interesting. He's talking about the Antichrist before that, strong delusion, uh, you know, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the, you know, the beast number. The beast number is 666. So let's go ahead and look into some of the stuff on here. So we have uh, every one mile is eight inches of curvature squared. So uh, every one, so if you take eight, you divide it by twelve, it's going to be 0.66 of a foot. If you go ten miles, it's sixty-six point six of a foot. A hundred miles is uh, six thousand six hundred sixty-six feet of curvature. Uh, we're also orbiting the sun at sixty-six thousand six hundred miles per hour, orbiting the sun. So that's six six six. The Earth's circumference is six hundred times six times six nautical miles. 90 degrees minus 23.4, which is the Earth's axis, is 66.6 degrees. Isaac Newton started writing the, the gravity theory in 1666. The force of gravity on Earth is 666 newtons. I don't know what a newton is. I know what a fig mm -hmm. newton is, but not a newton. Uh, the speed of sound is equal to 666 knots. The diameter of the moon is 6 times 6 times 60. That's 2160. Uh, the distance to the moon is 6 times 60 times 666 miles. The Antarctic and Arctic celestial sphere is 66.6 .6 degrees north latitude, 66.6 .6 degrees south latitude. So that's another 666. Uh, the surface temperature of Uranus, not my anus, is negative 6 times <laughs> 6 times 6 degrees. And we have that. And uh, I always like to go over this is the very last verse uh well first we'll say also in jude the wandering stars which are planets uh those are actually getting judged in the book of jude so are those fallen angels uh falling off course uh we don't know but i think that's something people need to know they've been worshiping the planets for so long in the sun so yeah. i think that's you know something we need to know but genesis 2 verses 1 through 4 thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he had rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because it is he who rested in all his work, which God had created and made. So God made the heavens and the earth. Uh, this is There's no naturalism needed. There's no Big Bang needed. There's no evolution needed. God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it in seven literal days. Look at the book of Exodus. It talks about seven literal days. Moses confirms that twice. First in the book of Genesis, second in Exodus, right? So um, now he also says that the heavens and the host of them were finished. 
right? So is he creating new stars? Is there new, you know, I don't know. He says that it's finished. So, you know, I think that's something we need to understand. And, uh, you know, I think that's everything that we went over is amazing. But to every flatter throughout there that, that needs to know, do not worship the created, but worship the creator, okay? Worship Yahweh, the true God. Uh, bring people to Jesus. Get people saved. Um, your guys' podcast is doing amazing stuff, man. I'm very happy that you guys are, are out there doing your thing. Uh, if you want to add any more to the presentation, this is all my verses I have, bro. Dude, that's awesome. That I mean, that was a that was killer. That was I mean, I, I got a lot of verses on biblical cosmology, and I was like, holy cow, where's he getting these from? These are that was excellent. Um, I do have a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, just just kind of a just off the cuff, like, what do you think? Just in your perspective, what do you think the motive behind the deception is? Okay, the motive for me, uh, first of all, I think that we need to realize that we're in a spiritual battle. Um, if you go to Ephesians 6, 12, and you go to the Geneva Bible, it actually, instead of just saying that we're, we're going against principalities of evil, it says we wrestle not against flesh and, flesh and blood, but principalities of evil. And in the Geneva Bible, it says worldly governors. Besides just saying, you know, principalities of evil in high places, it says worldly governors. So mm -hmm. now we have the place that we're actually fighting against the government and the leaders in the government, which we can easily see are obviously doing stuff that is really crazy, like you saw in 2020 and 2019. I don't like to say it because I don't know what 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 uh, uh, you guys are on, but we're not just fighting against Satan and his minions and his demons. We're also fighting against, uh, you know, fallen angels. And we're also fighting against governors and people in high places, rich, elite, black nobility, Jesuit, uh, secret societies, all these people that are trying to control us and slave mm -hmm. us and bring us further and further away from God. Yeah. All this stuff is inverted from what the Bible says, heliocentricity, uh, you know, a, a globe earth when everybody thought it was flat, you know, with a firmament, which is solid compared to a soft atmosphere, uh, uh, you know, also orbiting the sun, but we're fixed and immovable. The sun is moving around us. The moon is moving around us. Um, the way everything was created. I think everything is a God versus the devil type deal. Even if you are, are Christian or not, understand that that's the way it is. You can see just yeah. by watching MTV Music Awards one time, you'll be able to see it. So yeah. my thing is yeah. this. I think that they're always trying to move us away from worshiping God, the God of the Bible. Um, they're trying to get it. God, Satan's job is to take away our faith. Satan's mm -hmm. job is to make sure we don't believe in Jesus Christ. Satan's job is to make sure you go to hell. The demons, they want to get into your body. They they are so mad that you actually have salvation and you have free will. They're 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 constantly at war with you, trying to get you to sin. Um, we also have um fallen angels, which are powerful. Uh, principalities that are trying to get us, you know, that I think are over these worldly governors, you know, teaching them things of technology, teaching them ways to deceive us. And uh, there's a lot of wars going on, you know, so yeah. it's yeah. a war, man, yeah. spiritual war. And that's what's happening. So I think that's what the motive behind it is, that the devil's in the background. He's able to come to earth as a human. As it says in Hebrews 13, 2, it says that angels, you never know when you entertain an angel. You, you, right. you entertain strangers, you know, you could be entertaining an angel unaware. So that means that angels come in the form of human. When when the lot, you know, if you look at the Sodom and Gomorrah, lot saw the two angels coming. He knew they were angels. They were beautiful, but they were angels in human form. So that's what happens. So I think J Satan is down here pulling the strings, um, deceiving us, 
daily. Yeah. He's a liar. He knows the scriptures better than us. He hates the firmament. As you see, God's handiwork is the firmament. He hates the firmament because he wa- he wants to take away the glory from God. That's what I think the whole thing about it is. Also, there's um, ways of controlling us. Um, yeah. NASA, $60 million a day. That's 60 million reasons to lie every day. A lot go. of money going through there. Uh, there's money, um, finances, uh, climate control, all these different things. Uh, they want yeah. you to depend on them and not on God. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm excellent, man. That's awesome. Um, do you have any questions for him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not, I, um, I, I guess. How about um, do you have any? Do you have any resources that you would recommend for people, or just just getting into the word? Well, yeah. First off, just get into the word. But um, mm-hmm. resources I could recommend. Um, you know, even though you know the flat Earth. Uh, Moon and, and and sun and what is it the zodiac? I don't even know what what the app is called. I'm sorry. I think you know what it is, right? What is it? The flat Earth Moon and Zodiac app? Yeah, I think it's called yeah. the flat Earth. Okay, app. so yeah, this I'm not trying to tell you to go down these rabbit holes of of New Age and all this different stuff, but if you go into the if you do end up getting this app and you click on the web, uh, you can actually uh, go into um, flat Earth uh, cosmology, basically biblical cosmology, and if you go into that. You click uh, Biblical Flat Earth, and you will find all these different pastors that are actually teaching this stuff. That's yeah. a good way to get into it. Uh, look up Rob Skiba. He'll talk to you about it. Um, Dean Pastor Dean Odell is another one. Um, we also have Pastor Vincent Rhodes. I had him on the show before. Um, these are biblical sound teachers teaching you biblical cosmology from a i i they stand with the bible the foundation firm foundation of, of biblical cosmology they might be they might differ from you in different areas like you know israel and all whatever their their eschatology and and different things that you might think of the end times but that's how it is in any place that you listen to but if yeah. you want sound doctrine and teachers i think that you i would recommend you listening to to them um you know you have the dave weiss's out there you have the um Mark Sargent's, you have the Eric Dubay's, you have the Sean Hibblers, and you have these other people teaching mm-hmm. about a creator. They're not sure who the creator is yet. You know, they just say they're working for the creator, not not biblical yet, you know, but yeah. I respect those gentlemen. I have had them on my show. I think they're getting close to, you know, understanding the real truth, but all we can do is pray for them. But I just warn certain people, you got to understand, um, you know, the Santos Bonacci's and and uh, certain people out there, not trying to talk bad about people, but they might use bait, uh, the conspiracies as bait, and then they they suck you in, and then they try to tell you that astrology and and that you know new age type deal that you're going to be reincarnated. So just be careful, tread yeah. lightly, be careful, and and yeah. and use the word of God and go in there strong. And um, I think that that's a good way to uh, resource the biblical cosmology is just study for pastors and see what they say and read it for yourselves. Yeah. Don't believe me or, or these gentlemen. <laughs> and just to piggyback on what you said right there, I think, um, you know, biblical cosmology and it kind of exploding here in the last well, almost 10 years, um, the fruit from it has been tremendously good. There's been thousands and thousands of testimonies of people who were otherwise either agnostic or atheistic who, um, upon discovering the flat earth um, model, recognizing that there is no darwinian mechanism for life and that we're in a designed container they they've been forced to seek out god and there has been like so many people who have come to know christ 
um, because of the flat earth. Yeah. And so it has really excellent fruit. And that being said, Satan hates it. And so yeah. he, just like just like the church, he wants to infiltrate it and pervert it and twist it. And so you have to be, you have to have some discernment and be wise, right? You got to be smart. But I mean, I think like Josh is saying, like you can get into the word um, and study that out. And if you just trust what the word says without your preconceived notion, without the, the um, I guess, the, the bent that you've been taught since you were a child or and or the secular, you know, indoctrination you've had, if you just read the word and stop and think about what God is saying, it's real clear. It's real clear. Like we yeah. live on a stationary plane, sun, moon, and stars are inside the firmament circling above us. And um, yeah. you don't have to do mental awesome. gymnastics at all. You don't have to do any mental gymnastics. You can just read the word for what it is. Find out the Tower of Babel. Why is that even like, why would that even be a problem on, on a globe? Like yeah. you just find out certain yeah. things that fits like a glove and it, it'll help you along your, your, your walk with God and know that you're closer than him, literally closer with him. And um, I think it's amazing. And thank you guys for for having me, man. This is a great show. I, I I love to go over this, you know, with you guys. Yeah, bro. Thank you, man. I we appreciate your time. I know yeah. that you're a, you're a highly sought after individual and too busy. <laughs> no. And we we just love just that you would take guys. the time to hang with us, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I love you guys, man. And I'm happy that you guys are doing what you're doing. And I'm so happy that you guys just went out and just started making, you know, doing the show. Just let me know when you post it, so I could so I could make sure I post it on my uh, on my Instagram, and I try try to share you guys the stuff as much as I can, so awesome. to make sure I Brother. let people know. And and people actually have sought out after you guys too, because I remember this person that listens to uh, my show was like, "Hey, what's that that father and son duo? What's their <laughs> show called again?" So yeah, people are trying to listen to you guys too, and um, you know, I'm gonna pray for you guys, you know, off there, and and you know, it's gonna be, it's amazing stuff, man. And God's got a, a plan for you guys for sure. I know it. Awesome. He probably loves the fact that it's a father and son duo, you know what I mean? <laughs> Studying the word and, and able to bounce ideas off each other. And, and what a beautiful thing. That's what God wants, man. He doesn't want you in a dang stadium like Joel Holstein and, right. you know, and just taking all the glory away from him. He just wants, you know, you to be doing this in your home or a house church or just, you know, just as long as uh, you're doing it right, you know? Mm -hmm. Amen. <clears throat> Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. All no right, problem. You thank you. Uh, questions or comments, buddy? Um. Yeah, well, I'll just say, um, I think it's Psalms eleven three says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Yeah. So, right. All this talk about going to the very first book, walking through the seven days of creation and understanding God who, who spoke face to face or mouth to mouth with Moses laid it out very clearly. And if that's destroyed, if we can't trust the first page of the Bible, how can we trust the rest of it? Right. Um, I think that's a really important thing to remember. Um, but, but yeah, it's for sure, man, hit the nail on the head, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah. um, for all listening, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have, because we've probably mentioned it before. Go check out Josh's podcast. Him and his brother do an awesome job. The Josh and Jason Monday Christian Conspiracy Podcast. They do awesome. They were they were inspiration to us yep. to get started doing this. So gotta Good give time. gotta give props where props are due. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> all glory to God. God all glory to God, yeah, for, for all of us. And and if you look it up on Spotify, it's Josh Monday, Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. And if you look it up on YouTube, it's Josh Monday Music and Podcast. That's what our channel is called. If you could, just subscribe. But also for these guys, guys, if you guys are still listening, please leave a five-star review for them and start sharing their podcast to different family members and stuff because it helps them. The, and they're getting rid of the algorithm because you know that 
uh, you know, they're they're trying to hold information like this down and holding uh, biblical information down. And Christians, they don't want true uh, truth being put out there. So yeah, do that for them. Give them a five star review. Help them get out there. Give them five star review on Apple and all that. So, all right. And thank you guys for having me, man. All right, brother. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon, man.